to the First with First podcast. I'm Alan Johnson, Director of Ministries here at First United Methodist Church in Marion, Virginia. And I'm here, as always, with our pastor, James Bennington. Hi. And uh, we are continuing our discussion of uh, what unites us as a church uh, in, in light of all the division and the, uh, the divisiveness and, and just ugliness that uh, can occur and is occurring in some sections of, of our denomination and really everywhere. But uh, what, what unites us? What brings us together as followers of Christ? What brings us together as the family of God? And, uh, and I, th- I think, well, I know there's more that brings us together, that unites us than that would seek to uh, divide us. And so we're discussing the Bishop days that uh, Bishop Deborah Wallace Paget held. Um, you know when it was, September? I believe it was September over uh, at Lebanon Memorial in Lebanon, Virginia. So last week we talked about uh, some pathways that she had identified. And if, you, if you're listening to this and you hadn't listened to that one, it's episode 7. Go back and listen to that. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about some principles that she laid out uh, as we move forward together. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, there was a time when I was asked, well, do, James, do you think the Methodist Church will split? Big question mark. And then it became not if, but when. Hmm. And um, now it's, now I think the operating understanding is that, the, I mean, the, the church has been split for a while uh, in, 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 in theory and in praxis in terms of just how how churches and clergy have have approached things, dealt with things, regardless of the position, whether it's a progressive or a traditional position, mm-hmm. and um, so you know, in praxis, we've been split for a while, um, and I think the the formality of of the formalness, uh, officialness of split, is is what is what's to come. And that won't really come till 2024. It, if it had not been for COVID, we probably would have um, already already been down this path. But in in looking at the not a question of if but when, our, our bishop laid out some um, principles by which we're going to engage this process and. Kind of like, um, you know, here, here, if if we're go- if we're going to engage in this process, let's set out some things at the 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 get go that helps us with the process. It's not a matter of saying, okay, I'm going to try to convince you not to be traditional, or I'm going I'm not going to try to convince you not to be progressive. We're we're do- we're beyond that. We're we're done with that. There is no you know, sway one way or the other. It's, all right, now that we've agreed that we're not going to agree, how are we going to interact with each other? And these are some of the principles that she laid out. Um, and I think this kind of helps. It kind of tells us, you know, what the uh, 
what the rules of the game are. You know, you, you know how you can be when you know what the what the rules are or, or what the boundaries are. Um, and and there's three of these principles. And so I think it's worthwhile to talk a little bit about it. And not only is it a way to th- kind of think, okay, this is how it's going to work on the, the denominational level, but this is how it can work on the conference level, on the district level, on the local church level, and even, in, you know, from person to person. Uh, mm-hmm. these, are, these are some principles that can be applied according to the context one finds themselves. You know, this is these are principles that a, a church council could use. These are principles that a, um, two churches talking with each other could use. These are principles that you and I could use as we as we talk things through. And so, uh, I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind that this is this is how we can interact with each other. Yeah, because we're going to disagree. Obviously, it's human nature, but it's it's just historical uh which we've we've mentioned before yeah uh, throughout all church history been disagreements and uh and somehow the church has continued somehow i think somehow being, being god you know he he builds his church but uh you know this is the way we should just interact with one another on a daily basis and right. something I, personally i have found here at our church uh engaging in disagreements or overlooking disagreements at times uh, and, and looking at d- deciding to focus on uh, the more important things, more essential things. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, just like I said, good guidelines for dealing with one another. Yeah, so some, some of the pathways that, that uh, Bishop Paget uh, laid out was the first one is we commit to being gracious with one another as we engage the task at hand. Um, from we've talked about this too, the the emotional chargedness of this issue is high, to say the least. And so, um, a principle of being gracious with one another as we talk it through um, is so so important because. At the end of the day, regardless of what one thinks about this particular position about human sexuality, we are all created beings of God. We are all loved by God, all desired by God. And so when I look across the table at somebody who I vehemently disagree with, and they look at me the same way, being gracious is is going to be essential as we interact with one another. Uh, and so... You know, being gracious with one another at the task at hand, because as things go forward, there are going to be clergy that are not comfortable staying in churches of of a particular mindset, and there are going to be churches that aren't comfortable with particular clergy. And so, how's that how's that interaction going to take place? And even within congregations, there are going to be congr- members of congregations. That are going to say, well, we're not comfortable with this direction, but yet the people they worship with might be the people they work with, um, play softball with, go to the movies with, you know, uh, sit at the ball game, watch their kids play ball uh, with, um, might be the people they, might be the people they go to 
um, see um, see the eye doctor with. I mean, it's just lots of scenarios where people are interacting and connected with one another, but be- this particular issue is going to stress those relationships. And so this principle of being gracious is going to help i think it's going to give it's going to give a a a, a bearing on how it is you know, you know like like the case being uh, you know example might be well you know um you're really good friends with somebody and uh, you're 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 talking with them and uh, um you know they feel very strongly maybe in the traditional mindset and maybe um, the person talking with that person says, you know, wants to share the news that their sister is getting married, but their sister is getting married to another woman. You know, graciousness might, if they said, well, how's the family? You know, it's like, well, family's good. You know, sister's, sister's getting married. Um, just kind of leave it there. Um, it's not a, and some people might go, oh, that's just not speaking the truth. Well, no, it is, but you know what? What is gained from trying to ram a point home on somebody? Yeah, well, it, it makes me think of the passage where Paul gives guidelines uh, on maybe a, a comparable item of uh, eating meat sacrificed to idols, and and he gives those the, those guidelines basically to be gracious. He said, so if if you have a, a brother or sister over for uh, dinner. And you're going to serve meat sacrificed to idols? He said, great. Eat that. It's good. He said, but if they're offended by it, serve something else. Yeah, Paul says, look, you know. uh, it's, it's like he, he's kind of talking to He's like, look, you know there are no other idols. I know there are no other idols. Yeah. You know, there's only one God, and it's not that it's not that idol. Right. And you know that. I know that. But if our brother or sister is, is, is tripped up, stumbles— in their faith, because that's like I, I thought you were a follower of Jesus, and now you're eating meat offered to I, I don't understand. You know, it, it confuses them because of the care mm-hmm. and the love for that brother or sister. Don't eat the meat. Yeah, just don't. It, it's not like you've all of a sudden, you know, uh, compromised your position. You've just offered care and love for another. Right. It's it's kind of the same idea. It's like, well, I don't need to tell the person that my sister um, is is marrying another woman if I know that's really gonna upset them. That, that's not the point of us getting together is to be upset, you know. It, so, you know, I'm an only child, by the way, so I don't I don't have a sister. I'm just using that as an example. Um, and in the in the same the same respect too. It's like saying, well. You know, two friends that have been friends forever, and maybe they have disagreement on this issue. And the the one person, you know, their church votes to disaffiliate and and go a different direction. Well, there's no point in well, you know, uh, how are things going, how 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 that vote at the church go. Well, we we voted to disaffiliate. Oh, okay. You know, don't need to um, uh, kind of I guess rub the other person's face in it. Your church voted to disaffiliate. There's no, there's no point in saying, 
here's the numbers, here's how we did the, the action speaks for itself. The church has voted. The vote w- went the way of disaffiliation. But to that other brother that you're meeting with, just just let it lay there. You know, they voted to disaffiliate. Oh, okay, and let it be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the practice of being gracious. You know, that's more on a person to person level. But you know, I have uh, clergy colleagues on if we label it this way, on both sides of this. And, you know, I guess an apprehension I have is, uh, as this begins to roll forward, there are some clergy colleagues that I won't have friendships with anymore because of this issue. Um. And there are churches that may not get along with their pastor, and their pastor may not get along with their churches. I've already seen that happen as some churches are choosing to disaffiliate now. Um, And so this principle of graciousness with one another goes a long way in, in how we can share the disagreement, talk about the disagreement, but not let it be a, a point at which we you know, hurt one another. Uh, and so I, I think this this uh, principle of graciousness is essential as we move forward. So, um, you know, the, the second principle you know, that, that is, I think, in, important is uh, we commit to honor theological and biblical convictions in the appointment process. Um, and identify new systems and approve long-standing practices to accomplish this. You know, I, I mean, uh, you know, the biblical conviction that we have is that we we are a sent people, and so pastors are sent to places of service. Congregations are uh, gathered people to be the body of Jesus in the presence of God in the world today. And so that that is some of our conviction, biblical and theological convictions that undergird what it means for clergy and churches to have this this relationship established, so we can be um, deployed, if you will, um, into the world to serve and love and do and 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 really show the kingdom at work. Um, so the 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 principle of we're going to be committed to those theological and biblical convictions that help us to understand who we are and how we are, I think, I think is essential. Because it, it, let, it, gives, it gives a direction on, 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 on how things are unfolding. Uh, I think I said this before in, in one, of our, one of our podcasts, or maybe multiple times, that when there's a lot of well, what 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 are things going to be like if the, if the church splits? I don't know. Uh, what's going to happen to the clergy person? I don't know. What's going to happen to the congregation? I don't know. What's going to happen to the property? I don't know. All that I don't know creates a lot of free floating anxiety, and free floating anxiety needs to land somewhere. It's it's just kind of the dynamic of free floating anxiety, and where it, where it tends to land is. Um, 
in in uh, sometimes argument anxiety leads mm-hmm. to argument mm-hmm. and um, just kind of leads to supposition and jump into conclusion but saying no no we've we've got these theological and biblical understandings and these convictions that are essential to not only understanding who we are but whose we are and we're going to operate out of that and when it comes to understanding who we are as a church what it means for clergy to be appointed and sent and how that relationship unfolds those convictions are going to help uh, define um, how churches and clergy can move forward as it seems like this split is going to be so yeah well and that's something the Methodist Church, I think, has tried to do, uh, United Methodist Church has tried to do throughout all, is kind of honor those differences uh, because there there are going to be differences. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's one of the things that, that, that God loves is diversity. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, I've, I've always kind of thought you, you just have to look at creation to, to see that. You know, it, it, everything is not the same uh, on purpose. Mm. Uh, you know, if if we were all the same, and I've been in groups in my past that were kind of we all thought and believed and talked and said the same thing, and we could get up and uh, we preach and and teach, but we were just in an echo chamber, mm. you know. And and you you get very comfortable there, you get very set in your ways, you get very proud and um, feel very superior very quickly and that, that's not that's not how God intended it doesn't seem you know he, he said you know what it's gonna be differences on purpose to to sharpen to challenge to uh, force us to to think and uh, and and uh, change if needed well it, it's very much um, it's very much the middle of the road position and uh, Adam Hamilton has said, I uh, attended a, a conference one time where he, he was the keynote, and he said, you know, Methodism is the denomination of the middle. And uh, it's, very, it's very true. If, if you look at our, our practice, our history, um, the positions we take on certain things, and uh, some folks say, well, that means we're not very resolute or we're not very uh, sure it's like no no um, we're sure of of who we are of 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 being people who are redeemed forgiven and redeemed by Jesus then sent uh, and and called to serve God and love God and love our neighbor we're, we're very res- resolute on that that there's no question about that the, the 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 manner and style in which we do it seems to be very middle oriented and and i think part of the reality that is a, that is a struggle for a lot of folks is that the overwhelming majority of people and of course this is my two cents you know as i said before you think it's worth two cents might even think it's worth a nickel um may not even think it's worth half a penny I mean, it just kind of depends, but it's my conviction and my sense that when it comes to this issue, this particular issue on human sexuality, you have uh, about a 15 to 20 percent 
or a 10 to 15 percent that's very, very traditional on this issue, holds to very strong beliefs and convictions uh, around biblical and theological understandings, and will take a very um, traditional viewpoint on human sexuality. And there's an equal 10 to 15 percent that takes a very progressive view on this issue of human sexuality and uh, with very strong biblical and theological understandings that uh, there's a particular way of understanding those things and they're going to look at it through a very progressive lens. Well, let's say it's 15% on both sides. That's 70% that are in the middle or as high as 80% that are in the middle. And it's not that they're not, they don't have feelings, it's that they're in the middle. You know, an expression of the middle would be, I, you know, I do not care for homosexuality at all. I do not. It is not my uh, preferred way of being. I don't believe that's what God intended. But but my brother is gay, and I love my brother. That that struggle, the struggle that's there, um, and that expressed struggles there, I think is part of the middle. Or somebody says, you know, um, my my church has has voted to go uh, very progressive, but you know, this church, uh, my parents came here, they were married here. My my brothers and my sister have been married here. I was married here, confirmed here, and you know, this has been this has been my home church for ever and a day. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that progressive mindset, but it's my church, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my, my church family. That's an expression of the middle. Um, and understanding that what defines a lot of where we are and how we are on this issue, when it's couched with biblical and theological convictions is going to help us then better interact with those issues as they come up because we're not standing on opinion or whim or or just a, a fleeting thought. We're standing on certain convictions, truth, that is grounded in, in theological understanding and uh, biblical foundation. So... Um, I think then as we begin to look at one of the, the third pathways, um, well, going back to the second no, pathway principle, the second principle is talking about um, making appointments in that process. There has always been, I, I know some clergy and churches have, have, would be like, that's not the way it seems. Uh, there's always been the effort to align a church and a pastor to create a good match. Sure. Like as I said, some churches and clergy may say, ah, that's not the way it seems sometimes. Well, just because it doesn't seem that way sometimes doesn't mean that's not the intent or the effort. Uh, it's an extraordinary, it's a Herculean effort for um, a bishop and cabinet to be able to try, try and seek those matches and be led by the Holy Spirit to do so. So that process will continue uh, of, of churches that uh, seek to 
you know, say say they have a they're, they're leaning in a particular theological direction, to have a pastor that will work with that, complement that, lead within that in a very effective way that gives glory to God. Um, and so, uh, though that's a con- that's a con- that's one of the principles that is going to continue. I mean. It's at work now, mm-hmm. but it more so with centered around this issue. Well, and why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, from from top to bottom, uh, we want our churches to be successful. So, so the bishop cabinet they, they wouldn't do anything to sabotage, no. uh, you know, to 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 hurt or or uh, make less. Uh, you know, cause we we and it comes back to the foundational uh, goal of making disciples. You know, that that's what we want to do. Where wherever we're located, it's, where, it's the mission. It's everything. So all the decisions are made with that in mind. How can we best make disciples here? How can we best make disciples here? And that that answer is going to be different for different places. Well, there's there's nothing really gained by putting a pastor. In a place that's that's not a good match with with some of the dynamics, especially present day, and, and, and vice versa. There's no point in putting a a church connected with a pastor and expect them to, you know, just not be who they are. Mm-hmm. But try to try to make matches that work, have some logic to them, and, and complement one another. That doesn't mean the congregation, the pastor, won't stretch. Um, there should be stretching no matter <laughs> what the situation is. But but there's a, a real sense of, of you know, uh, it's, not, it's not that the pastor and the church always have to agree. It's that there's a, a sense of appreciation, value, and working together, going forward together. Right. You know? uh, the third principle is that we seek uh, to... Um, we commit to seeking paths for a gracious exit beyond 2024 as churches discover a relationship with the UMC is not tenable. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's been a lot of misinformation that's been out there. Um, you know, the, the deadline to disaffiliate was December 31st of 2022. That's not true. Uh, then the deadline of March of 2023. That, that's also not true. It is December thirty first, March twenty, or December <laughs> December thirty first, twenty twenty three, is the deadline. Um, that's when paragraph twenty five fifty three will no longer be active. But that's because general conference is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's going to deal with this. So you know, churches that are in that process need to. Uh, want to want to make some decision? They need to do so before the end of this year. Um, however, uh, as, uh, part of the information has been: well, if you don't exit now, you won't get to exit. Um, you you uh, if you don't if you don't do it now, forever hold your peace, and that's just not so. And I think it speaks to the the graciousness and the understanding, the compassion that is there that depending on what General Conference decides in 2024 um, will be um, hopefully 
uh, efforts directions legislation that folks are going to feel like hey this this is this is moving forward this is a way forward and this this is good and we'll be you know we go forward if it's not there'll be some ability some means by which to have an exit if if you know 2027 comes around and go well we tried it three years oh, it's just not working based on that legislation passed at at uh, general conference okay well here here's the here's the here's the the way to exit right. and and again that's that's allow that's that's allowing compassion it's allowing room for some understanding it's allowing room to to grow it's it's allowing room to wrestle with things that may be coming forward um what's that going to look like how's that going to be you know uh for churches to be able to kind of figure that out but not say well if we don't figure it out you know if we don't figure it out by the 31st of december of this year well it's over it's done it's written in stone no no it's compassionate to say you know this particular paragraph expires in 20 2553 or it expires at the end of the year 2553 but going forward there will be a means available if a church chooses that so that that compassion and that understanding can be had to allow that church to go forward uh and and exit if it chooses it discerns and chooses to do so so um i think that just i think that just shows where the denomination is as a whole is just saying, well, we're committed to principles of, of exit going forward if that's the case. But, you know, my hope, my desire is that we are uniquely uh, and just almost solely focused on mission. Uh, mission being to make disciples. The best way we make disciples is by being disciples. And that as things unfold, um, there will be disagreement. There will be folks that will say, I, I am exiting this congregation, whatever the congregation may be. There will be others who will say, hey, because of that, I want to join the congregation. I want to be a part of the congregation. And so, as we move through that all to get, as we move through all of that together, that we move through it with love and understanding, room to we don't agree, but yet keeping in mind that the mission, making disciples, being disciples, that rises above everything, uh, no matter what the position may be, that rises above everything. But it, it reminds me, of, I brought back uh, on Facebook, or did you know? Yeah. Uh, and it reminds me of... Uh, Shared it last the, night. The little quote, yeah. Um, I think the, uh, if, if you haven't seen that, go to our Facebook page and get a little tidbit of history about John Wesley and George Whitfield. And I think their whole relationship is very interesting to me. Very. Uh, and, and so Wesley at Whitfield's uh, funeral said, uh, and I won't get it exactly right, but he basically said, you know, it, there's a lot of things that we can uh, agree to disagree on. And he was actually quoting Whitfield because Whitfield in their conversations would say that a lot because they 
disagreed on a lot. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, let's hold to the essentials. But uh, on other things, let's, you know, let's agree to disagree and just keep preaching the gospel and keep making disciples and keep growing the kingdom. Wow, see, that was the center point. That was the center point with Wesley and Whitfield. It's like, you know, they didn't agree. They didn't agree on baptism. They didn't agree on that. You know, they didn't agree on certain aspects of salvation. Okay. Okay. But they agreed on Jesus. Mm -hmm. They agreed on God being a redeeming God. And and they, they just said, all right, you know, we don't agree on this particular aspect, but... The essentials, the key things that really do link us up in meaningful, substantive, long-lasting ways. Oh, we do agree on that. Yeah, and and they they focused on that. You know, there, there's sometimes this tendency. I think, I, I know I'm this way. You know, uh, to think, oh well, you know, you you uh, it, like for example, take a test, get a 98. Wow. What did I miss? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Think about that. What did I miss? Why didn't I get that? I studied that section. Why didn't I get that section? Why did I miss those two out of the hundred? Oh, and not and not not thinking, okay, you missed two, but you got ninety-eight out of a hundred right. correct. Yeah. Or or you know, even even somebody says, Well, gosh, I got a uh I got an eighty-six on the exam. Uh, it was a weighted exam, and I only answered, you know, thirty-eight questions out of out of sixty, or no, thirty-eight questions out of fifty. And they'll, they'll, they'll fret themselves to death over those twelve. Oh, there's merit to looking over those twelve. And why did I miss? What did I not understand something? Where can I improve? But remember, with the material that was studied, and if you're taking a, a course in something, thirty-eight out of 50 is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And so kind of focusing on the essential part, which is the overwhelming majority of the exam, you you got the correct answers. And sometimes I think we, we focus on the, the one or two things that just pull us apart than the often the, the large amount of things that really link us together. Um, and, and it takes some practice, some coaching, self-coaching, coaching from others um, to say, look, yeah, yeah we, we disagree on this, but look at the list of things we do agree on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's where we're going we're gonna to find some solace and way forward with some of this unsettledness that's to come. And I think it's a good way forward, uh, hope-filled, um, positive, focused uh, way forward. And and I, I'm I'm with you. I have I think I share the same hope that you do. That we we focus here at our church. Uh, you know, we just we just focus on the mission, and make disciples, and try our hardest to love God and love. Everybody else. Indeed. That's uh, what Jesus said. If you want to know what to do, it all hangs on this. All of the law and Moses, everything hangs on these two things, love God and love your neighbor. And uh, if you're unsure of who your neighbor is, there's a little story Jesus told about that too yeah. to clear that up. It's yeah. everybody. It, it, it's everybody. Uh, no matter the differences, no matter. Uh, you went straight to the end there. You know. <laughs> I did. I did, yeah. Uh, spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, so let's just let's go. I'm ready to go. Yep. yep. Uh, let's get on with let's, it. Let's make disciples. And I think we got a real good focus and emphasis this year. Um, here, here at first, and looking forward to to care, connect, and clean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be in sermons, in the webpage, in Facebook, and it'll be coming up and being. Well, it's already being lived out in a lot of things, sure. you know. Sure. Part of part of our our our, our care is uh, like lay visitation, um, come alongside people in need, you know, connect. We're, we're we're seeking to connect with folks, link up with folks, claim. Um, we're going to be engaged in some membership canvassing and looking at some things along that lines. That's that's part of it. That's not all, but that's part of it. A lot of great things to come uh thank you for listening uh, remember to like and share and comment and review and subscribe and anything else you can do yeah yeah share the word uh, next time when we get together next time we'll be looking at um some of those things you know let's let's uh, uh let's focus on the essentials and we will uh agree to disagree but we're going to look at some of the essentials the key beliefs that really very very few people can find issue with but the key beliefs that really really ground us and connect us very good tune in next time and we will uh, see you then